Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From inside Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it is the Mass and All Access podcast. Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco. Bobby, we did not make the trip up to New York City for the Orioles opening day yesterday, but we did watch it on television. Happy opening day, Birdland. We did watch it. We were able to watch it um, while we were covering the Nationals at home, and obviously we can't wait for the Orioles to come back home in six days next Thursday. um, Their first game at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, but baseball is back. They play games that actually matter. They count. They have a record. They have official statistics for the 2019 season. Always exciting. They're time. not very good statistics well, right, as of right now. They're statistics nonetheless. Yes, they are. They, they count. Are. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the Orioles fall seven to two, and in the Bronx against the Yankees. But you know, it's a it's still a holiday type atmosphere. And yeah, obviously you want to win, but you know, it, you're going up against a team. It's a regular season baseball game. Yeah. We're no longer playing minor league games in. Spring training, basically. Exactly. So it, it's it's a real game and a real ballpark. I mean, I'm sure it's a beautiful it lo- day too. Yeah, it looked like a great atmosphere. Obviously, it's Yankee Stadium. Yeah, great atmosphere up there. Um, it was a great atmosphere where we were at. Um, it's going to be a great atmosphere come Thursday. So it's just a ha- exciting time of the yeah. year because I mean, spring training's right when it starts, but you get two weeks into it and it's just like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, and then there are four more weeks after. (laughs) Right, yeah, and it's the only interesting part. Now, we mentioned before, the Orioles camp was interesting because of all the minor league guys, and there were some good storylines, obviously, between the Rule 5 guys. Um, How are they going to format this 25-man roster? Because with a new front office and a new coaching staff, everyone's kind of safer. What, we said eight players? Right? Had, like, locks? Yeah, like nine, I think. There was nine players had locks, and then, like, 16 So, that means 16 open, op- yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a interesting camp. But it's over. We have a 25-man roster. We have guys playing actual baseball, and it, it was a lot of fun. And, yeah. um, and now we have an off day. Today's Friday, off day, so why not throw up a post-opening day pod for the fans? And get ready for the weekend because there are some interesting decisions to be made. We'll touch on how the Orioles are going to handle their pitching staff for the weekend, what Brandon Hyde is going to do with the fact that he's got an opener on the second day of the season. He's still planning to go with Nate Carnes. We'll touch on how that's all going to break out. We'll we'll touch on exactly who we saw for the first time yesterday, How if we're jumping to conclusions with any of these performances that we saw on the first day of the season. But first... Let's talk about the firsts in that game. We saw a couple of Rule 5 guys make their debuts. Both Richie Martin and Andrew Jackson made their major league debuts at 24 and 25 years old, respectively. And, of course, it was the first game for Brandon Hyde as a manager in the big leagues. And he talked about before the game what this moment meant to him personally. Oh, it's up there. Um, yeah, my kids, obviously, the birth of my kids, uh, getting married, uh, winning a World Series. Uh, this is a this is a special moment for sure, and um, yeah, I'm just you know Yankee Stadium opening day, uh, managing the big leagues for the first time. It's it's awesome day. Is there ever a time where you thought this might not happen for you? You know, it's not something that I took put a ton of thought into to be honest with you. I just kind of grinded through my career, and you know, obviously you have goals, 
Um, my goal was always to be a big league coach, and I was been fortunate to be in a great place for a while and uh, had a great opportunity. and And this came up, and uh, you know, I, I had thought about becoming a manager. I've always been, you know, people have always hinted at that you're going to be a manager and waiting, whatever, all those type of nice things they say about you. But it's not something that I was, uh, you know, something I had to have to be make my career complete or anything like that. I just wanted, I just enjoyed being a big league coach. Um, but with this and the, like, hopefully someday that happens. And it happened, and, and now I'm here, and uh, I'm going to make the most of it. Anything surprise you, spring training, being a manager, that you didn't think was going to be there? Um, you know, I, I've watched Joe so closely the last four or five years and been in his office a lot, and, and, and I pay attention. So I don't think so, not too much. I think the amount of people in your office is a little bit. <laughs> It'll get worse. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'll t there's one thing is how much I have to hear myself talk. You know what I mean? Like that is... One, it gets nauseating for myself. <laughs> That'll get worse, too. <laughs> no, no doubt. Like, I don't like hearing myself. Who wants to hear myself talk? Uh, but, yeah, the, the amount that you're, like, on the stage talking about yourself and about things, um, that I think I might have underestimated that. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's exactly right also because Brandon Hyde strikes me as a guy who doesn't like to talk about himself. Right. He's kind of like a – he's a, a giving guy with his time and everything. And it's also interesting because I think through the first few weeks that we've gotten to see Brandon Hyde in a public persona, he really thinks about things before he answers them. When he gets a question, like he got a question on exactly why he was going with an opener the other day, and he really thought about it, and he said, uh, you know, they proposed a theory, and he said, not really, and he explained his thinking. It's funny because I think as managers go along, they get not less and less honest, but they have more and more canned responses that they can fall back on. Like, uh, you know, so many cliches that they can throw yeah. out there. Brandon Hyde has not, you heard in that interview with Gary Thorne was like, was ask a question. Brandon Hyde would think about it, give it a good piece of thing. He's just not going to be able to do that with every question, right. <laughs> every game for the rest of his career. Right. Yeah. No. And it's, uh, I, but that's a good thing right now. Cause you can, yeah, you he's can being tell, honest. Well, the excitement still like, yeah. he's still enjoying, he's only been a big league manager now for a month and a half. Like total, so he's still really enjoying it, really soaking up the moment. And definitely, you know, he did pause a couple times there to think about it. I agree, like he said, but I also think it's just the um, the general like um, the raw emotion. Like he's like, yeah, you know, when he was talking about this lines up with the day his kids were born and getting married, winning a World Series with the Cubs in 2016. Like it's yeah. it's just like an emotional time for him, and I, it should be. It's a special time. Anytime you're a big league manager for the first time, opening day. I mean, I think later on in the interview or. Maybe I was reading on Rakubako's blog that he was saying, like, you know, it doesn't really hit you until they call your name and run out on the field and you're shaking hands exactly, with the guys yeah. and you shake hands with the opposing manager. And it's like, wow, like, I'm I'm the manager of the Baltimore Orioles right now. That's that's a pretty cool feeling. So, yeah, I think he's still just enjoying it, soaking it all in and having a good time. And it's one of those things. Now, he did mention later in that interview, too, like, you know, he wants his guys to play hard. They're not going to be they're not going to be scared of anyone. They're going to play fearless. They want to play smart and aggressive. Yeah. Um. But, you know, at the same time, I think he understands the situation he's in right now, where the Orioles are, are projected to go and how the season's going to go. So it's kind of taking it with a grain of salt. You know what? Enjoy it while we can. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a – it's going to be a, a long, tough season, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun with it and, and still enjoy it. Because, like, he also mentioned, like, there's plenty of guys making – like you said, Paul, yeah. Richie Martin, Drew Jackson, making their major league debuts. A lot of guys made their 
first opening day rosters for the first time. You know, it's still an, ex- you know, regardless of the loss, regardless how the team ends out the rest of the season, it's still pretty awesome the position they're in to be playing Major League Baseball on a daily basis. Yeah, and also, this is kind of a side note, but I think it's interesting. We talked about how, you know, the, the Orioles sent down so many guys back to the minor leagues that a lot of people weren't expecting, like Austin Hayes and Chan Cisco and stuff. But I think that also gives them an opportunity to later on in the season, there are going to be nice little moments as the season goes along. Like, they'll be spread out longer. Like, we'll get, you know, Austin Hayes getting called up for the first time and Chan Cisco getting called up. And it, it's going to be kind of nice in that respect. But let's talk about Brandon Hyde, what he did as a manager in the dugout in his first game. And he had some early decisions to make. Because Andrew Kashner got the ball uh, to start opening day, and he struggled, which is to be expected when you're going up against the team that broke the record for home runs last year, team that is expected to win possibly 100 games in the New York Yankees. But Kashner really struggled yesterday. Four innings pitched, six earned runs, six hits, four walks. You hate to see that. He gave up just one homer, but he was in trouble throughout those four innings. Yeah, and it was a tough start. Kudos to Brandon Hyde again for having such a positive energy and attitude about it all because tough start, your first managerial gig, your opening day starter gets injured in his last spring training start, like in his tune-up start. So now you have to go to plan B and kind of push everything around. It would have been an easy one, two, three this weekend with Cobb, Dayoff, Kashner, Bundy pitching in New York. But now Cobb's not pushed back until next week. The home opener, hopefully he'll be – Reports are looking good. He'll be ready for that. But now you have to go with Kashner, your, your two guy on, on opening day. And then you decide, okay, we're going to go to the opener on Saturday in game two. So that really means you need Kashner to give you a solid outing, give you eat some innings. So, yes, obviously the, the open, though the off day helps the bullpen be rested a little bit. But for Cobb, I mean, sorry, excuse me, Kashner to only go four and give up that many runs and kind of put the Orioles in a hole pretty quickly. That was brutal for not just him and Hyde, but the entire team. And and luckily, the Orioles were able to escape. They got four innings out of only three guys. And and so that kind of worked out well. And maybe, you know, obviously you want to win the game, and and you always want to be competitive, but they didn't need a pitcher in the ninth because they lost. So, (laughs) I mean, maybe like that. You save a guy. You kind of save a guy. Right. You kind of save a guy because you need – you're going to need guys behind um, Carnes on, on Saturday. Um, be, that's that's the approach you're taking. So, you know, try to silver lining there. Maybe there is some good within the bed. Yeah. So, Kashner talked about after the game what he thought of his performance. Yeah. I mean, I thought, um, I thought you know, kind of got behind him there in the beginning. Can't really hang that slider in that spot. But um, I think if I don't give up the home run there, I think it could be a different ball game for sure. Um, I think the four walks really hurt me. Um, but other than that, I mean, I thought I uh, did some things really well today. I thought my spin on my both my breaking balls has been a lot better. So I'm happy where I'm at. I mean, can I get better? Yeah. But uh, we'll see where I'm at. Do you also feel like there's some good pitches made where it's just the placement of the ball against the shift, some balls punched in the right field that you can't really control? Yeah, it's tough. But, I mean, it is what it is. Make better pitches and maybe they don't, you know, they don't go that way. I don't know. What do you see in that Yankees lineup? That's a tough one. Yeah, it's a good lineup, but, uh, I mean, I've, you know, i got good stuff. I've been here for a while, so, I mean, I, you know, I'll take any challenge. So, you, uh, Kashner mentions, I mean, it's also, we didn't talk about how brutal the lineup is for him. You know, the oh, opposing lineup, yeah. you're looking at Gardner, Judge, Stanton, Boyd, Gary Sanchez, Bird. I mean, those, that's, that's, again, like you said, a team expecting to win 100 games this year. Yeah. So it's not the easiest task, especially for the number two guy to step in and play for the number one guy. 
Um, but yeah, Cashner really struggled and he's, and, and he didn't shy away from it. He's like, you know, I, I wish I could have some of those pitches back. Um, some of my pitches didn't really land where I wanted them to, and, and they took advantage of it. But, um, you know, the Orioles went out, gave it, say what you will, you know, okay. The six, the six runs, but you know, also you're facing Tanaka, the Orioles lineup didn't give any provide much help either. They, they really struggled to, um, they got going on later in the game. Um, but it was just. You know, just one of those days where the other team, the better team, did win. Absolutely. And uh, Andrew Kashner, you know, you don't want to make any decisions and any judgments on opening day that, are, you know, you're going to let carry through you through the season, but I'm going to. Uh, and, right. Well, not, not exactly, but you just, you hope to see with the down year, really career worst year in a lot of ways that Andrew Kashner had last year. Obviously, he's not the guy they wanted or expected to have starting opening day, and that has a factor, but um, you just wanted to see at least, and, you know, he'll get plenty of opportunities, but if he's going to be a trade deadline candidate, you know, a guy who could potentially the Orioles could flip at the deadline or somebody that they hold on to to be a veteran as they go along, he's going to need to pitch better than this. So, well, yeah. Um, at some point, you know, there are going to be guys pushing for his job. Right now, there are not. Um, but just kind of a frustrating, I think, performance um, to see from Andrew Kashner. Um, and a little bit frustrating that he kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm happy where, where, with where I'm at. Well, not really. You shouldn't be. You know? Yeah, that too. Um, but, you know, he, he'll have plenty of more opportunities um, as they go along. And he tends to pitch well against the AL East for whatever reason. So um, he'll have that as well. Yeah, his second chance will come probably the way it's shaping up Tuesday now because because of the off day built in Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday would technically he would still be in turn on his fifth day, so assuming everything goes right tomorrow with the opener and David Hess is still able to start on on Monday in Toronto, yeah, he should be able to line up and go right back out there and and face another American League East team uh, right off the bat and get right back on the mound. Yeah, so beyond uh, Andrew Kashner, Brandon Hyde has some more decisions to make. Bobby, you touched on earlier the use of the opener in that sec second game of the season. Look, the Orioles are going to try a lot of things. They're going to try as many things as possible as they go throughout the season because they're going to need to because of the lack of depth they have. And also the fact that this is a new regime and they want to see what they're good at, what they're not good at. You know, they have a lot of decisions and interesting decisions to make as they go along. What do you think about the fact that they are going and still plan to use, despite the fact that Brandon Hyde had to go to his bullpen very early in that first game they get the day the day off on Friday but what do you think about the decision for the Orioles to turn it over to an opener in the second game of the season well like I said I think it's an issue that was kind of forced upon them with right. the Cobb injury they didn't really have a choice and because I mean other than other than going Kashner Bundy Hess in the first three but they haven't Nate Carnes and who who has started before he's not completely stretched out he, he and um, so, you know, it's kind of a situation where it kind of just fell on their lap yeah. in terms of the injury. And you have this guy who's not fully ready to go deeper into games like he has been. So you kind of, he's kind of like a makeshift opener. You know, he's not a reliever. He's just a starter that hasn't, isn't fully ready to go the distance like he would be able to. Yeah. He's just got to, he's got to get more innings under his right before right. he can be, be thrown out there and expect to pitch five or six innings. So they're kind of approaching this like a spring training game almost like you know, you're going into the plan okay he's not 
you know, it's an early or mid-spring training game for the starter. Okay, you're hopefully going to get four innings out of him, four or five innings out of him, and then you go shift to the bullpen. And like I said earlier, the Orioles didn't use um, too many. They they were able to get out of opening day by only using three other pitchers other than Kashner. So you still have guys like Blyer who didn't go, Pedro Arujo didn't pitch, yeah, Miguel Castro, uh, Jim Yacobonis, guys who can go a couple of innings at a time. Um, so I think the situation kind of just fell in their lap and, and they're making, trying to make the best of it. It's funny that Brendan Hyde has admitted that, you know, this is totally new to me. I've never done anything like this. So we're just kind of going to go with it and, and see where, how it turns out. Um, I'm going to be watching. I think it'll be, I think it'll be yeah. interesting because it's, it's a thing that we saw last year, obviously with the Rays and a couple other teams kind of tinkered with it. And now to see it right here with a team that we're covering and, and the hometown team and a team in a rebuild. So it's kind of like, like you said, yeah, why not? We're going to try yeah. different things all season and see what works and see if the numbers play out for us. And I think it's also like the, they are, you know, the Orioles are not, obviously don't have a very deep rotation. They just have a lot of guys that they want to see more of. Yeah. And I feel like with game, you know, they'll get their natural opportunities in games where their starter doesn't do well because they don't have an elite staff by any means, you know, where they'll have to turn the ball over to the bullpen early. But they're going to try, like, they're going to see as many innings from as many different guys as possible. I think that's what we got a taste of in that first game. Yeah. We, we got a taste of, you know, we need to see more of Paul Fry. We need to see more of David Hess. We need to see more of Mike Wright, even, even though he's an older guy. Like, these are all guys that are, for like you mentioned, spring training start. For intents and pur- all intents and purposes, they're trying out. They're yeah. trying out not for this current team because they have spots in this current team. They're trying out for the 2020 team, the 2021 team. Like, they, these guys are, this regime, this coaching staff needs to see more of these guys to see how many of these guys can stick. So, you know, if you're down 6-2 in a game, why not throw somebody else out there for an inning or two. Why stick with a starting pitcher when you don't need to, when you've already seen enough of a veteran like Andrew, you know? Yeah. So I think the decision to go with an opener, we could see this a lot because they, for starts like this where they're, you know, their actual starter gets hit around, they're going to kind of have to use him as an opener. So we're just going to see a ton, a ton of pitching changes, I think, this season, and especially over the first couple months as they see – how many of these guys are going to be long-term fits? Yeah, and I, I so the, the, the a problem I see for I'm trying to foreshadow is it's a domino effect. You know, you're you're there's a lot of assumptions going into this approach to using an opener because yeah. you're going to assume okay tomorrow Carnes is going to get you what they're hopefully four maybe five five might be even pushing it. Oh, I I think probably closer to two or three. Two or three. Okay, yeah. so maybe four is even pushing it. So then. You've got guys like, basically, my whole point is, all right, that's great. What if you you get through that game the way you would have hope? Best best of luck to you. Right. You get to Monday or sorry Sunday. Um, Who's available? Well, no. Okay, then you have to kind of bank on a solid outing from Dylan right. Bundy. Exactly, because and, you don't have all these guys. Right. Yeah. And here's a guy who led the major leagues in home runs given up, facing the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium. I mean, that's kind of a recipe. I mean. We haven't seen Bundy yet. Obviously, this will be his first start of the season, so we don't know exactly sure. But the, the numbers from last year, so that's not a recipe for success, right? And so he could get blown up pretty quickly. What if you have to go to? What I mean? What if it's kind of like this game? You have to pull him in the fourth. Yeah. God forbid earlier, and then you're you know you just used up most of your bullpen yesterday because you went with an opener. Well, I'm, my thinking also though is when you have a team that is 
you know, you have a set defined bullpen. When you have a team that is going, you know, in World Series contention or, you know, hoping to win 90 plus games, you have a set idea of, you know, you have you have a huge bullpen, but you have only a few guys that you're comfortable throwing out there in high leverage situations. With the pressure off this season, like they could throw in somebody that is, you know, that is not good in high leverage situations. They could just to try it because they don't have to, you know, if it's a close, if, if you know, Dylan Bundy, if, say he starts well on Sunday and he throws, uh, but he throws too many pitches and, you know, he has to be pulled after the fifth inning. You don't have like a set idea of, okay, we have this guy to pitch the seventh, this guy to pitch the eighth, this guy to pitch the ninth. You can say, you know what? Let's try Michael Givens for an inning. Let's try Paul Fry for an inning. Let's try Jimmy Yacobonis for an inning. Why not? It's and, not, you know, like you don't have to go with the best guys on your staff. Right. It, uh, so I think that it it opens up Brandon Hyde's cards even more because he can, the pressure is off in terms of winning a, a particular game. You have to keep the long view right. in perspective. So instead of, you know, there, I, I, I see what you're saying about burning the bullpen a lot, but I think they're going to spread this out evenly because they're not necessarily going to go with the best option at that time. I think they're going to just try to get these guys innings, get these guys developed, and see them more so that they can turn into good high-leverage pitchers. All right, right. So just to play devil's advocate here, that leads to another domino falling where, okay, you're going to throw guys in in high-leverage situations. or I, I think that just leads to a path to overusing guys, especially right. younger guys. So how much of a fair look are you actually getting at these guys? Like yeah. I, I think of like I, – I know people hate when I compare these two teams, but the Nationals, when their use of Sammy Solis – he pitched so much last year, and 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 they ended up cutting him this year. And now that's a financial thing too, as well. But is it? I I've had conversations with people who cover the Nationals. Like, yeah, Sammy Solis. It felt like we kind of knew what he was, but also like how much of a fair look did he get last year because he was used so much, and that's not the kind of pitcher he's supposed to be or meant to be, yeah. or capable of being. So you know, of course his numbers were down because he actually had a solid first half of the season but he was used so much in the second half his numbers shot up and were, were bad and it's like how much of a fair look is that really because you're overusing him yeah so i think that just goes down a dark path here where if you're using the i mean again the opener approach it, it takes it, it i think it just leans on assumptions you're going to assume that the the bullpen's going to work out well and then your your starters are your real starters are going to give you the innings that they're supposed to give you and my my just concern is what happens when they don't like right. And, and opening day was a perfect example. Cashner could not go out of the fourth or get past four innings. Dylan Bundy again going up against the Yankees. How much can you really count on him? I mean, you're going to have to. And if he can't, I think you get in trouble and guys start getting overused, and then you're not getting a fair look at them. Well, that's where I think though the minor leagues come into play because you have and having guys who have options available are much more valuable right but we've also heard mike elias say that they don't want to use the shuttle as much as has been used here in the past they want to keep the farm stacked they want those guys in the farm for a long period of time not not now, necessarily you have though. to bring them up you have to bring them up but the, we've heard him say that the farm we want that's where you that's where the growth begins well, in a true rebuild. true but i think that i think that's yes, there more, are some guys that can go back and forth. I, I understand. Yeah, that. I think that's more in reference to the guys that they view more as long-term pieces. I think when you, you look at guys that were not guys, you know, there are a lot of these guys, but guys that were not brought in, in in this regime, guys that maybe are older, and guys that have options available, 
that they're not looking. I think the reason that they stuck Chance Cisco and they stuck Austin Hayes in the minor leagues is because they see these guys as long, more likely to be long-term pieces. I think they're going to use the Norfolk shuttle as much as they can, honestly. And I think that's something that Mike Elias has, has referenced. Like, So you have right now, sitting on the, your AAA roster, Cody Carroll. You have Hunter Harvey, who's never pitched a major league game, but obviously we know that he has the potential to be hopefully a, an impact player. You have... Uh, Jeffrey Ramirez, you have Josh Rogers, you have Tanner Scott, all of those guys have pitched at the major league level and pitched on the Orioles last year. So I think they're they these guys are like they're ready to be brought up. So say you pitch Paul Fry a little bit too much and you're worried about burning him out. Maybe you you know you if you have a guy that has a, an, an option, just send him back to the to the tides. You know, try to give him rest there and bring somebody back up like Evan Phillips or Josh Rogers or one of these guys. So I think that they're, this is just going to be almost like an open tryout. I, I think right. that they're going to try to use the the minor leagues, uh, especially the pitching. Maybe not as much with the position players, but they're going to use the depth that they have. It's, it's not going to be the same roster, but like they're going to use it as kind of a, we're going to go back and forth between these two two rosters. Right, and I think that that makes sense too because I think a lot a lot of those pitchers except for Harvey and a couple others, those are guys that the Orioles acquired last year at the trade deadline and we talked a couple of times about how you know, the front office isn't tied to them in any way. They didn't True. bring those guys True. in. So, yeah, let's have an open trial. Let's bring them up to the major leagues when we need to and throw them in there and see how they do and then move from there. So, yeah, I think maybe at least in the pitching standpoint they're probably not going to use the shuttle that much. I I can concede to that, and and maybe when Elias, well, I talks think they'll about, use it more. I think they'll use it no, more. no. You're right. You're right. That's yeah. what I'm going to say. They'll they'll use it more, and yeah. it's probably with the position players that they want to keep down and growing more often. Um. So yeah, but again, I think it's just the opener is is it's risky and it's innovative. It's I I get it, but it's just also with a team that's not, you know, you. I mean, it's so hard to predict what. I, I see an opener like like the, the, take the race. Yep. Okay, they they use the opener when they had to, but they had other starters that they trusted. Obviously, Snell won the American League Cy Young last year. So the, for the Orioles right now, I don't know who you can trust between Cobb, Cashner, and Bundy right. at this very moment to provide you quality starts every time they're out. So those four or five other That's spots fair. in the rotation, you can you, you feel comfortable using the opener. Like Cobb injured again. Kashner, only four innings. Bundy gave up the most home runs last year facing tough lineups in the American League East. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, I get like what they're trying to do here. It's just kind of tricky and, and risky with the way that this particular roster is, is built. Yeah. And I get what you're saying in terms, because like, it, you know, even the Rays. You know, for, you know, then they, they were a solid team last year. They won 90 games, but even the Rays, you know, they had some guys that they could throw out there and know that Blake Snell can go out there and start a game and get them through six, seven innings at least. Yeah. Like they, you know, they had at least a guy one that once every five days that could give these guys a rest. Right. Whereas the Orioles don't, you know, if they have to go with a bullpen like approach or a start opener like approach every single time, I do get that. Yeah. I I guess it'll be a test. Right. Right. And I guess my point is that the, Outside of the openers, the actual legitimate starters have to pull their own weight as right. well because this process only works if they do that. Exactly. If, if they're able to give quality starts six, seven innings yeah. every time they're out. Otherwise, it's not going to work out because the bullpen is just going to get gassed. Yeah. I will say also, though, I feel like this team right now is in a better spot in terms of its pitching staff. It, it, you know, this is going to sound <laughs> weird because they have fewer 
you know, proven major league starters, but it's nice to have in the in terms of the trades that they got last year that they were able to pick up all these guys that are fringe right now, fringe major league players. Like, remember last year, there were so many starts where Dylan Bundy couldn't get out of the second or third inning, or Andrew Kashner couldn't get out of the third or fourth inning. You know, all these guys were getting, these starters that were supposed to start games and get them six innings were getting hit around, and Richard Blyer ends up throwing, like, 60 innings in the first, like, 50 games. You know, like, they they didn't have that opener approach, and they were relying on on their starters to go deep into these game, go much deeper than they were. And they ended up burning out guys. I feel like, yeah. Um, and burning through that bullpen. And if the Orioles have to do that this year, at least I feel a little bit better because they have, you know, guys in the minors in triple a right now that we know they can throw into games that might not be starters long-term or might not be, you know, long-term pieces of the team, but you, you know, that Evan Phillips is going to go out there and not embarrass himself and Josh Rogers and, and Gabriel, Gabriel, you know, like all these guys that are, you know, they have, they have more players that we know are going to be, can start and can pitch in major league games. Right. This is going to basically become a 15, 20 man bullpen. Exactly. Of, exactly. They're using the, basically the Norfolk bullpen too. It's going to take up half their guys and they're just going to keep sending guys back. And forth. Ex- exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I see what you're saying. Um, so we, uh, took a long circuitous route to this, but let's talk about Brandon Hyde and his plan for this week. Here is him discussing, you know, we know he was going to go with Nate Carnes in game two and then use the opener. Uh, here is him discussing how the first game and Andrew Kashner only going four innings, them having to turn over to the bullpen. Here's how that affects his plan for the week. Yeah, actually, uh, works out pretty well. Um, you know, we didn't want Mike Wright to throw many because he's got he's been extended in spring training and uh, he can go long for us. Means can go long for us. He started in spring training. Um, you know, Fry just threw an inning. Um, and Hess is going to start uh, in a few days, so we're we're in good shape. So Brandon Hyde is prepared. They're they're re- they think they're ready to go. Uh, Hess two innings. It'll be quote unquote short rest um, because if he's going to try to go Monday, um, so. But again, you know, it's not like he went six or seven like a r- legitimate starter. Yeah. So it's just a quick bullpen. Exp- I I don't foresee. I think he'll be fine. You know, just God forbid. Tomorrow becomes a disaster, or Saturday becomes a disaster, or even Bundy on, on Sunday. Yeah. So just assuming that they get through the plan like they want to the, the next two days, I think David Hess will be fine for, for Monday, and then they can turn it back over to Kashner on um, on Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. And uh, per, from a personal standpoint, I think I'm – I'm excited by the idea of a of an opener. I think it's going to be kind of cool to see because we, you know, it's a brand new strategy for this team. It's a brand new way to look at things, and it gives us an, an opportunity to see guys that um, you know we haven't seen a whole lot of. Like it was great to see Paul Fry pitch in a game yesterday because he showed flashes last year. And David Hess, as we know, had his lumps at times in his rookie year last year, but. I'd love to see this guy develop into a full major, full time major league starter. Yeah. So seeing these guys and getting an opportunity to see these guys, that's exciting for me to see who. Okay, who is going to stick? Because I think between all of these names, you're not going to get. You know, you may not get an ace of a staff. You may not get a guy who's going to pitch for 10, 15 years in the majors. But you could get solid number three starters. You could get solid. Uh, you know. Uh, maybe closers or or high leverage relievers. So I think with the glut of names that we're going to see over the next few months, there are going to be guys that are going to stand out. I really think so. Look at what we saw from Richard Blyer last year when he was given the opportunity. He had never really gotten an opportunity in the big leagues 
And it took him until the really middle point of his career for us to finally see this guy can, he doesn't throw very hard. You know, he doesn't have a great fastball, but this guy can be counted on. And maybe he can be the centerpiece of a bullpen for a playoff team. So that that is going to be exciting for me. Right. And you mentioned Blyer. Blyer's a part of that group that I, I talked about earlier that didn't p- pitch yesterday mm-hmm. on, on opening day. So that group that could possibly back up Nate Carnes on Saturday, hopefully that doesn't include another guy like Mike Wright, who only pitched one inning against the Yankees on Thursday. So if, if it comes down to it, you get through the weekend like you want to, you could even do another opener like approach on yeah. Monday with Hess starting and right backing him up and get, you know, around seven innings between those two guys, yeah. hopefully. Um, and, and then go from your regular bullpen guys who are, who are capable and used to pitching on back-to-back days or within two out of three days. Yeah. And on the, the position player side, um, from a personal standpoint also, I mean, this is, to me, this is, I don't know how many, I think there is a large portion of the fan base that is interested in this. I know Steve Molesky is going to be fascinated by some of these games, but it's going to be nice to see guys that we've heard talked about for a while actually get an opportunity to start. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and seeing, um, you know, obviously they haven't been in the O's organization for very long, but seeing Drew Jackson and Richie Martin get an opportunity, you know, guys that were kind of buried in their own franchises and, you know, buried in the minors for a while, but had stellar years in the minors, just getting to see these guys, that's exciting. We're getting an influx of youth. We're getting tools, as they talk about, as Michael Elias has talked about, you know, Richie Martin has the ability to flash amazing defense uh, in the infield at shortstop, and Drew Jackson can play the infield, he can play the outfield, and he's got pop, and he's got speed on the base paths. Seeing these guys in action is going to be something that is going to keep us going back to these games and watching them and, and interested in them, because these are guys that legitimately can ha- I don't know how long this rebuild is going to take, but these are guys that can carve out roles for themselves, that can be everyday major league players on this team when they are eventually back in World Series postseason contention. Yeah, and how about guys like Richie Martin, Cedric Mullins, and Dwight Smith Jr. making their first Major League opening day rosters? That's pretty and cool. And then also starting. Yeah, that's and pretty that's, cool. That's a pretty cool feeling. And then Drew Jackson obviously also made his debut yesterday. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It's gonna There's going to be a lot of names coming up here. I, I, I don't think anyone's more excited about this season than Steve Molesky just because <laughs> these are guys, well, some of them, or guys, that, he just loves the minor league storyline. Yeah. Like, you know, guys who put it in there, get drafted, put in their work, and then build their way up to the major leagues. And that's just always a cool, that's one of the coolest parts of our job, Paul, is that we're able to see major league debuts all the time and, and the guys just soak it all in and yeah. how much they appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, and yesterday, opening day, it did take, I think, I mean, we saw jitters are thicker and happen. So, again, Richie Martin right. making his first opening day roster, starting the game at shortstop. Uh, some jitters happened right away, but he was able to turn some good double plays that later in the game. Brandon Hyde gave him kudos for that, um, and Drew Jackson was able to, uh, to to make his appearance as well too. So yeah, it's gonna be those. That's gonna be the cool storylines we're gonna follow throughout the season. Definitely. Um, so it's gonna be an interesting weekend as we start to see the debut of the opener on the Orioles staff, and we see this team probably over the next week. We're gonna see some more major league debuts from guys on the Orioles. Be sure to turn, tune into the games this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. The Orioles have that three-game series, the second and third parts of that three-game series with the Yankees. Bobby, what's your Twitter handle? At Bobby underscore Blanco. Paul, what is your Twitter handle? Um, at Paul Mancano. It's literally my first and last name. 
Uh, so be sure to tune into the games. Give us a tweet. Give us a uh, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Those extra pre and post game show half hour before each game this weekend on Masson 2. Check out the guys and uh, make sure you check out our friend Sarah Perlman, the new sideline yeah. reporter. Came the full-time gig. Uh, she did a great job yesterday on opening day. For Paul, I'm Bobby. Thanks for tuning in to the Masson All Access podcast.